Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. Justin, Selena, Haley. Three names we've read side by side for years. So, what exactly is the story behind one of the world's biggest pop stars, his first love, and his now wife? And what were the many PR nightmares littered along the way? Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Well, hello, hello, hello. We are back, and we are back, team, with a four part series. It is the biggest scandal series we've ever done in the history of the show. And I am a, ready. This has like a weird energy in the room. It's like, like a sporting event energy. I'm like, we're running a marathon here. I'm almost nervous. There's just so much to cover. There's so much to do. You're right. It is the biggest series we've ever done. It's the longest kind of list of notes we've ever had for an episode as well. The run sheet is 47 pages, team. <laughs> so it took you and I a long time because you and I researched this one together. Took us a long time, but it was a joy. I actually embarrassingly missed it when it was done. We've like written a book. We ha- Yeah, we basically have. So... <laughs> Guys, as you, I mean, I don't need to explain this one to you. We're talking Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, and Hayley Bieber, formerly Hayley Baldwin. Now, I feel like this story is, it's ripe for a pick. <laughs> is that saying? I don't think it makes sense. The it's story the same, yeah. is important to tell now. And right now, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, we had that very infamous, well, now infamous interview that Hayley Bieber did on Call Her Daddy. We sort of had the follow-up commentary to that. Mm. And then we had that iconic set of photos of Selena and Hayley putting to bed like decade-long rumours about, you know, a quote-unquote feud. So we thought, what better time to tell this story and work out exactly what happened here? A hundred percent. And look, guys, this is also particularly timely because Selena Gomez just last week released her documentary, My Mind and Me. So people are talking about this shit. It has been a big deal again over the last few months in particular. Yeah, I know. So how did the drama unfurl? Was it actually as dramatic as people made out? And spoiler, <laughs> as an answer to that, it is so much worse than I remember. And it's worse, 47 pages of worse. Worse in a good way. We <laughs> have so much to cover, so let's not waste a second. Let's jump right in and rewind all the way back to 1994. All right, guys. Justin Bieber was born in March 1994 in Canada to parents Jeremy Jack Bieber and mother Patty Millett. Now, his parents were never married. They were actually both teenagers when they had Justin. And to be self-aware and be clear with you guys, 
publications have different stats when it comes to this, different facts that they're reporting. All of them agree that Jeremy was 18 when Justin was born. Some publications say Patty was 17. Others say that she was 18. Yeah. Now, they'd also just left high school and weren't financially prepared to have a baby in their lives. Patty and Jeremy had actually been in an on-again, off-again relationship since they were 15 and had a dynamic that Patty later described in her memoir, Nowhere But Up, as, and I quote, toxic. After they had Justin, the pressure of a baby proved too much for them. I mean, they were so young. Mm. When Justin was just a few months old and they split, leading to what was a pretty difficult custody battle. Yeah, according to court reports from April 1995 that have been cited by Radar Online, Patty expressed concerns about what she described as Jeremy's, and I quote, long history of criminal activity. She reportedly claimed that Jeremy once threatened to kidnap Justin during an argument. Now, Jeremy's brushes with the law would continue for years to come and became tabloid fodder for the media after Justin's rise to pop superstardom. Now, in January 1997, when Justin was just a toddler, he was actually arrested for assault or causing bodily harm, for which he was sentenced to 90 days in jail and prohibited from using firearms for a decade. Months before his probation ended in 1999, he was sentenced for not complying with the judge's sentencing and sent to jail for another 21 days. In November 2002, he was again arrested for assault with a weapon causing bodily harm. Mm. So a complicated few years growing up for Justin Bieber, for sure. Yeah, and Jeremy, his father's presence in his life was transient, for sure. The majority of Justin's childhood was spent in the care of his mother, Patty, her mother, Diane, and her stepfather, Bruce. Years later, in an interview with Billboard, Justin reminisced on his relationship with Jeremy in the early days, saying, my dad was not in a place where he could raise a kid. He was immature. He left for like a year when I was about four, went to British Columbia, came back on Father's Day. I remember my mum said, if you're going to be here, you have to be here. There's a misconception that he's this deadbeat dad, but he's been in my life since. I was with him on weekends and Wednesdays. So that's Jeremy Bieber. But for context, Justin's mum's life has also been really difficult and her experiences before Justin was born actually really affected his childhood for years to come as well. As detailed in Patty's memoir, nowhere but up. In the lead up to falling pregnant with Justin, she'd actually been dealing with the trauma of child sexual abuse and says that that pushed her into a life of heavy drug taking, addiction and depression. Patty had actually spent time in a psychiatric facility when she was 17 and has spoken publicly about a suicide attempt the same year. All of that led Patty to develop an incredibly strong sense of faith, an incredibly strong connection with Christianity and her church. So much so that she actually talks about doing a special ceremony through the church when Justin Bieber was just a baby where she, and I quote, dedicated his life to God. She went on in her memoir, that day I prayed and asked God to raise Justin up to be a leader and a voice to his generation. Now, when Justin was just three years old, Patty actually committed to homeschooling him for a little while. She wanted him to have the same strong sense of Christian faith that she had. Here's a passage from her memoir. I taught him about the Bible and helped him put verses to memory. My son blew me away. He knew by heart at least 50 verses at one time and could recite them all without missing a beat. Now, this commitment to the church only increased as Justin grew older. Patty wrote in her memoir, Faith was a big deal in our home. We went to church on Sundays and Bible study or youth group once a week. I even taught Justin in Sunday school. I prayed with Justin every night. It was our quality time together, our way of connecting. 
Hattie also wanted to pass on a love of music to Justin. She herself had been a keen singer-songwriter and had actually witnessed Justin's innate musical talent before he even turned one, she says. According to Patty, Justin could clap along with the beat of a song before his first birthday. By the time he was two, he was using a miniature drum kit and performing for family and friends who came to the house. A classic. Then he started doing proper lessons when he was four. Yeah, now by the time he was six, Patty actually took him on this like 90-minute trip to Toronto where a local TV program called Speaker's Corner was filming. Now, this is a bit of an odd concept, but (laughs) stay with us. From what we can glean, there was a recording booth set up on the street which was open for basically anyone to hop into and perform in and the most entertaining videos would make it into a TV show. I look at this and I'm like, how is this a good concept for TV? How many people would take the piss and be terrible? And then that's not good TV content. It looks like this is a big deal though, or at least was a big deal in Canada. It kind of reminds me of those concepts like Gogglebox where you read the concept and you think that's going to be trash, but then you actually watch it and it's incredible. Yeah, so long as people aren't taking the piss in your little booth, then absolutely. (laughs) Patty wrote in her memoir, I had an idea. I asked Justin if he wanted to sing a song and play his hand drum on camera for TV. Yes, he answered enthusiastically. As soon as the camera rolled, Justin started pounding away on the drum. From there, a young Justin Bieber actually started busking on the streets of downtown Toronto. He would mostly sing worship songs for the passers-by. When he was 12, he actually entered into a teenage singing competition called Stratford Star. While Justin Bieber didn't win, he actually uploaded the videos of him competing to YouTube so that his grand mother Kate could watch them. From there, he started uploading all of his singing videos to the platform and was getting messages from talent agents desperate to sign him. Only in at least what I found to be quite a surprising twist, his mum didn't show the emails to Justin at first. She actually didn't want him to sign to an agent. The explanation that Patty gave in her memoir was, I had a pipe dream that Justin was going to be a worship leader or youth pastor. Now, most people listening to this probably do know that Justin was eventually discovered by Scooter Braun, but the details of how persistent Scooter had to be to override Patty's worship leader aspirations for her son is is truly something else. Now, not only did Scooter try messaging Patty, when she didn't respond, he started contacting her close friends on MySpace. What a blast from the past. <laughs> the local theatre where Justin had performed in his videos, the local board of education and his school, all in an effort to represent him. This is like dogged. Yeah, and look, I have some complicated feelings towards Scooter Braun. Yes, as a Taylor Swift stan. A lot of Taylor stans It's in your DNA. But I did enjoy reading this part of Patty's memoir talking about Scooter and that dogged determination because it's pretty incredible. Like it's pretty remarkable to me that you can watch a kid on YouTube and so intensely know that kid is destined for stardom that you're contacting the Board of Education in the state where he lives. Yeah, but then it also actually made me think, sorry to be a bit neg here, how many people do they chase like this that don't end up being anything? Wow, that is a neg Yeah, I know, sorry. (laughs) It's just what I thought. (laughs) But it worked. It worked in this instance. After a Skype call to Scooter in Atlanta, Patty and Justin packed their bags to get his music career up and running. Now, we did chat very briefly about Justin's very early career days in the episode that we did 
about Miranda Kerr, Orlando Bloom and Justin Bieber. <laughs> so excuse us if you have heard some of this already, but we do need to quickly talk about what he was doing with his career around this time. So in 2008, Justin actually flew with his mum to Atlanta to record some demo tapes. And from there, he was signed on to the Raymond Braun Media Group, a joint venture between Scooter Braun and Usher. Yeah. The Guardian wrote about the process of turning Justin into a pop star years later. And so began the process of moulding the youngster into a pop star. The voice coach, the studio sessions, the obligatory patronage of a torch-passing elder artist in Usher, even the employment of an official swagger coach <laughs> to help spin Bieber's <laughs> sass into charm and refine his appearance with nifty T-shirts, chunky trainers and bling. In May 2009, Justin released his first single called One Time. Now, it did pretty well for a debut single. It reached number 12 on the charts in Canada and peaked at number 17 on the Billboard charts over in the US. From there, Justin went from strength to strength. He released One Less Lonely Girl, Love Me and Favourite Girl as singles and became the first solo artist in history to have four singles chart in the top 40 of the Hot 100 before even releasing an album. Yeah, pretty crazy. Now, things truly exploded when he released a single teasing his second album in January 2010. That song was titled Baby and <laughs> featured Ludacris. And it sent Justin's celebrity to places we almost hadn't seen or have heard of since. Yeah. By July, Baby had become YouTube's most watched video in the history of the platform. That year, he also surpassed Lady Gaga as the most Googled person in the world and Twitter confirmed that 3% of all their traffic was Bieber-related. 3% of all traffic on Twitter. I know that 3% sounds small. But no, it almost sounds wrong. Like, it sounds so big that it sounds wrong. It's insane that one person could have, like, his star just rose so rapidly in 2010. It's almost hard to quantify. I know those stats go a long way to doing that, but... He really was everywhere. Do you remember this? Because I remember I was in year 11 of high school when this was all happening. And I remember he was, Baby was constantly being played on the TV. Everyone was talking about Bieber fever or being a believer. Like Bieber it was, fever. it was one of the biggest cultural moments of 2010. Yeah, it was cult-like. The colour purple, like I know Olivia Rodrigo has tried to take that as part of her own branding, but I do see the colour purple and I associate it with Justin Bieber. My sister had a just Cadbury. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> My sister had a Justin Bieber flavoured air freshener in her car with his face. And she's, cool, Mira. she's two years older than me. So, you know, that tells you something. Yeah, it was it was insane, but that three percent stat also really, really got me. I mean, he was just 16 years old. He was still being homeschooled when all of this was happening, right? It's got to do pretty insane things to your ego. For it be a 16-year-old and know that 3% of the conversations on Twitter have to do with you. I don't know how I would have coped if I was 16 and that kind of attention was being given Who to me. Who is going to end up being normal? I don't know. I don't now, think you can. No, but there is scales of ego which we'll learn yeah. later and he really kind of took it to the nth degree now <laughs> of course this is the internet and with the love came the hate and there was like some rampant stuff going on there was a rampant conspiracy theory that justin was taking estrogen to delay his voice breaking he was chastised for growling at a sunrise yes the aussie tv show floor manager <laughs> to never fucking touch me again and in an interview with a New Zealand journalist revealed he didn't know what the word German meant. Justin said I don't know what that means we don't say that in America. This video went 
bananas at the time of yes. everyone saying Justin Bieber's this young idiot who doesn't even know what? what Germany is. For the record, perhaps this will disappoint people who love this little tidbit and still see the video floating around today. Justin did and does know what the word German means. Soon after the internet turned on him for that German gate video, another video which was filmed in Germany months earlier showed Justin counting to 10 in German and speaking lovingly about his German (laughs) great-grandfather. Justin later explained this was simply an incident where he didn't understand the interviewer's really thick New Zealand accent. He got flustered on the spot, couldn't understand what he was saying, read the card wrong, and it just ended up in this super clunky, kind of anxious-filled response of going, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what you mean. When he does, he can actually speak some German. Yeah, and that was at this point in 2010 that Justin really started to experience the perks and the downfalls of fame. He told The Guardian, you've got so much going on. Like if I'm eating, I don't want to be bothered when I'm eating. That's my only downtime. People don't understand. They think it's all fun and everything's great, but it's hard work. The writer then continued to write and said he falls silent. Then he adds with some vehemence, it's harder than anyone thinks. That's Justin for now. After the break, we're going to introduce one Selena Gomez to the chat. All right, guys, Selena Gomez was born on July 22nd, 1992 to her Mexican-American dad, Ricardo Joel Gomez, and her Texas-born mum, Mandy Tifi. Now, Selena has some, she kind of shares some little tidbits from her childhood with Justin Bieber. Her parents were also young. Her mum was just 16 when she had Selena and her parents split when she was just five years old. After that split, Selena lived with her mum in Grand Prairie, Texas. Now, Selena has said over the years that her and her mum really struggled to make ends meet when she was a kid. In her own E! Entertainment special, she kind of elaborated on what that looked like growing up. She said, I remember my mum would run out of gas all the time and would sit there and have to go through the car and get quarters and help her get gas. She never liked to ask my grandparents for money. Her mum also told that program that they would frequently walk to their local dollar store to buy some spaghetti for dinner. In that same interview, Selena said her mum didn't complain much about the weight of responsibility of raising a kid as a kid herself, I guess. Selena said she was really strong around me. Having me at 16 had to have been a big responsibility. My mum gave up everything for me, had three jobs, supported me, sacrificed her life for me. Yeah, wow. At the age of seven, Selena said she convinced her mum to take her to an open call for Barney and Friends. She booked her first acting job right there. She told Teen Vogue of this time, it involved a lot of smiling, singing, dance routines, nothing that's going to help me win an Oscar one day. Now, it was on Barney and Friends that Selena met Demi Lovato. The two quickly became best mates. At the age of 12, Selena responded to an open casting call for Disney. Now, Disney execs loved her. They fell in love with her and she went on to appear in guest roles for their programs, Hannah Montana and The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Yeah, they did know though that she was good enough to carry her own show. It was kind of just a matter of finding the right one. And so she was later cast as Alex Russo in The Wizards of Waverly Place at the age of 15. The show premiered in October 2007 and she moved to LA for the job. 
Now, Wizards of Waverly Place was just a total <laughs> inarguable success for both Selena and Disney. When the show ended, it became the longest-running Disney Channel original series, surpassing That's So Raven, which I didn't know, with 106 episodes over four seasons. Its series finale attracted nearly 10 million viewers, making it the highest-rating series finale in the history of the Disney Channel. I found that so interesting. Now, I love Selena Gomez. I was a big Disney Channel kid. I never really watched Wizards of Waverly Place. I had no idea that the finale of this beat out Hannah Montana. That was that like I just thought that Hannah Montana was the biggest thing to ever happen to that channel. Yeah, no. I mean, this gave it a run for its money. I think on the whole Hannah Montana was bigger, but this this show Wizards of Waverly Place was not really on my radar at all. I agree. This went out with a bigger bang. Yes, absolutely. Now there was also a spin-off Disney Channel movie which delivered 13 and a half million viewers, making it cable TV's second highest rated scripted telecast to that point. And on the backdrop of all of this, Hollywood Records soon put a recording contract in front of Selena and the wheels were in motion for the next phase of her career. It's pretty fascinating going back through the media archives because what you really quickly realise is that in almost every interview Selena did in her teenage years, the media was so focused on the men in her life, the boys that she was dating and her relationship status. Yeah, from 2008 to 2009, when she was 16, she dated Nick Jonas. That's how she met Taylor Swift, people (laughs) might remember. And during that time, she publicly wore a purity ring. Now, she had had the ring since she was 13 years old and talking to Extra TV, she spoke of getting that ring. I said, Dad, I want a promise ring. He went to church and got it blessed. He actually used me as an example for the other kids. Going to keep my promise to myself, to my family and to God. Now, I think both of these things, her dating a fellow Disney kid and wearing a purity ring, meant speculation about her dating life was incessant, if a little creepy, by the time she was 16. I mean, I think one of the most stark examples of this, of how strangely fixated the media was about her love life, was an interview that I read in Seventeen magazine in 2009. So for context, Selena had just broken up with Nick Jonas and they kind of wanted to know what was next, but Mm. not in a career sense, in a love sense. So the journalist opened the interview by straight up asking her if she was currently dating Taylor Lautner. And when she denied that, they went on to ask if she was ever going to date another actor. They then asked how many boyfriends she'd had, whether she did the breaking up or whether she was dumped over the the course of her (laughs) life. I mean, she was so young and whether she'd ever changed herself for a guy it went on and on and on it was really odd to read yeah like ravenous for detail any kind of dating detail they could get from every angle that same year selena was profiled by teen vogue and was asked whether she was dating anyone she sort of gave this funny non-answer she told teen vogue i've seen so many people who really let this business control their life and it's heartbreaking but i'm glad i went through it because it made me realize that i don't want to live like that I don't want to let fame stop me from being myself and I don't want to flinch every time I see a flash. Now, she talking about Nick Jonas? I don't know. Selena Gomez, I learned when we did the research for this, often gives quotes that aren't actually answering the question whatsoever. Like really cryptic, slightly confusing quotes constantly from her. I totally agree. Now, she also said in this interview that what she was looking for in a partner had changed as well. She said, I used to say that I wanted someone cute and nice, an actor too, so he'd get it. But now I think it would be good for me to date someone who's not in the business. I want someone honest, someone who's very sweet to my family and friends and polite to other people around me. Being cool, having a cool energy is just not attractive to me. (laughs) Somehow these quotes sound pointed. 
Yeah, but also I don't think they actually ended up being true. No, they did not end up being true. Because you almost couldn't date someone more in the business or more with cool Cool. energy. Too cool for school vibe. not actually cool. He wasn't cool, but he thought he was too cool. That's the point. Then Justin Bieber. Yeah. Now, by 2010, Selena definitely had the uber sweet Disney thing going on. She was still wearing her purity ring. And when she was profiled by W Magazine at the start of the year, the journalist asked her what age she related to the most. This is what she said, and I found this fascinating. 15, she replied. I'm about to be 18, but I don't have enough experience in a teenager's world. My cousin's 18 and her friends are talking about college and fighting with their boyfriends, and I've never experienced any of that stuff because I guess I'm living a different lifestyle. I've been raised around adults, but I am still very naive. What do you think that is? Do you think that's truthful and that is simply the case? We often hear about celebrities pausing their maturation at the point where they become famous. Or is this a concerted effort of Selena to continually appear young to her core demographic of fans? I think both. Yeah. What do you think? I think both as well. I think it's very important for a teen or child star, if they want to maintain that relationship with their core demo, to not grow up too fast. And this quote reads to me like, oh, I'm not like the other 18-year-olds. I'm just like the people who are actually younger than me. I'm so innocent. I relate to being 15. So the natural question now is how did Selena and Justin's paths actually cross? Well, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez actually first met in 2009 after Justin's manager contacted Selena. They became pretty close friends, but she was 16 at the time and he was 14. Now, come 2010, people were starting to ask if maybe there was more going on between Selena and Justin than just being friends. In September of that year, Selena went on Ellen and their back and forth about whether or not Justin was Selena's boyfriend is now famous for a pretty obvious reason. Busy girl, you've got uh, a CD out, you've got a clothing line, you're an ambassador, right? And uh, I don't know how you have uh, time to date Justin Bieber. What? Brother. He's little. He's like, no, no, he's like my little brother. I don't, uh, that's weird. Uh, you're a cute me. couple, I'm just saying. Thanks. Yeah. I will just always love that exchange so much. I also love that rumours really kicked into overdrive at the end of 2010 and that Selena's quotes were kind of proven to be perhaps not the truth when she was spotted getting pretty cosy with Justin on an IHOP date. Have you ever been to IHOP? I have not. I mean, I have not. I've never been to America. Oh, yeah, true. IHOP, it's just the funniest spot for them to have their first proper public date. Where does IHOP sit in relation to like the pancake parlor? It's a pancake, but that's the only thing I can think of that we have similar here. It's quite funny. (laughs) It's it's bigger there than the pancake parlor is here, though. Does that make sense? Pancake parlor is pretty big. (laughs) Yeah, but you're not finding a pancake parlor. Like, you have to, you're traveling for the pancake parlor, (laughs) you know? Now, Selena was still. Quick to shut down speculation about them dating despite them eating pancakes together. She told MTV at the time, who doesn't like pancakes? We were both (laughs) performing in the same place so we went and had pancakes together. That's all it is, all innocent. She went on and said, I love Justin. When he first started to come over from Canada, his manager contacted me and just said he would like to meet me and he was such a good kid. I feel like a big sister now because I want to protect him. She really loved that narrative. Why did she keep saying this? (laughs) Why? And also like... He's just such a good kid. A little boy. A little boy. I mean, they were young, but if you had any interest or crush on him, surely you could have just said we're mates. Is there a chance though, like, 
It would be pretty silly if they were dating at this point for her to say he's like my little brother. Maybe that's genuinely what she felt and then he kind of grew up overnight. Yeah, which kind of happened. Maybe his voice broke or yeah, something and like knows? she suddenly saw him differently. Because the following month, something had either changed or something was definitely revealed because Selena and Justin were spotted kissing while vacationing in St. Lucia together. By Feb 2011, there were reports that Justin bought out an entire florist so he could fill Selena's house with flowers. Imagine being 16 like Justin Bieber was. And being in a relationship and being able to hang with your partner in St. Lucia. It's insane. Or oh, buying out a florist. <laughs> when I was 18 and dating, like, you didn't go anywhere. You couldn't afford anything. We'd go and get a milkshake. I once went on a date when I was 18 and the guy had to fill up his car with petrol and he had to fill it up with $5 worth because yes. he didn't have that was, that's, that's something I would have done. It's like the relationship is, like, so... Nothing because you can't do anything. But in that sense, it's kind of cute because it's like you just hang out with each other. Yeah. There's no frills. No These frills. These two clearly had frills for obvious reasons. Now, it did not take long for Justin and Selena to debut their relationship publicly that same month, the same month of February. They went public at the Vanity Fair Oscars after party. According to the Huffington Post, the two cuddled, laughed, posed and reveled in their status of not being the youngest stars there. Alas, their couple name was born. They were known as Jelena. Yes. Obviously, J for Justin. Well done. Elena of Selena. Not the most creative (laughs) fans out there. No. A huge contingent of Justin's fans were actually devastated that these two were dating. In fact, so many young fans were deeply upset about the existence of Jelena that they started levelling death threats at Selena Gomez while countless I Hate Selena Gomez websites popped up. Now, this passage from Seventeen gives pretty good insight into what the mood was like at the time. It's easy to fall for Justin Bieber. I mean, how perfect is that hair? But ever since he started dating Selena Gomez, it seems like girls across the country are more than a little jealous. They are enraged. It is understandable to be devastated when your crush goes for another girl, but sending Selena virtual death threats? Really? The backlash is getting so extreme that it's becoming dangerous. <laughs> 17 Magazine's tone is such I needed, like a throwback. I needed a better tone when I was reading that out. It needed to be sassier. <laughs> Salon Magazine writer Mary Elizabeth Williams described the hardcore believers as bloodthirsty. She wrote in her piece, girls are made of sugar and spice and everything nice and they will cut your goddamn heart out if you get between them and Justin Bieber. Now, It's funny because recording this in 2022, it's almost hard to remember a time when believers felt anything but love for Selena Gomez, but they hated her. Like they absolutely despised her. I feel like so often now we know and we hear of the believers hating Hayley and loving Selena instead, but Selena was public enemy number one for a very long time. Yeah, not that long. Not as long as Hayley. No, no, I think that's the difference I think is it's pretty fair to argue that it lasted far longer for Haley than it ever did for Selena. Selena's was certainly intense and certainly unwarranted, but more of a blip than it's been for Haley. Now, Justin and Selena weren't super private about their relationship in the first year or so, which I actually find fascinating. When asked by Seventeen Magazine why she was more open about her relationship with Justin Bieber than she had been in other relationships, she said, I don't like hiding. I do like to keep certain things to myself, but at the end of the day, I'm 18 and I'm going to fall in love. I'm going to hang out with people and I'm going to explore myself and I am okay with that. Mm, Justin continued to throw her lavish dates. One evening, he famously 
previously rented out the entire Staples Center, which is a 20,000-seat stadium and the home of the Los Angeles Lakers, for him and Selena to have dinner together. Things did hit a bit of a snag in the relationship, though. In November 2011, as reported by the Washington Post, Justin found himself embroiled in the kind of controversy that a teen pop star, particularly a male teen pop star, definitely wants to avoid. He was publicly being accused by a young fan of being the father of her newborn baby. Yeah, absolutely the scandal you'd be looking to avoid. Now, the fan in question was the then 20-year-old Mariah Yeeter, who claimed that she and the then 17-year-old Justin had sex backstage at his October 2010 concert at the Staples Centre, the stadium you just mentioned. Now, in an interview with the tabloid, The Daily Star, Mariah said, just look at the baby's mouth. Look familiar? (laughs) Now... (laughs) You might be wondering, how the hell did this tryst supposedly happen? Well, in an affidavit provided to the Daily Mail, Mariah said, After waiting for a short period of time with several young women, Justin Bieber appeared and engaged me in conversation. Immediately, it was obvious that we were mutually attracted to one another and we began to kiss. Shortly thereafter, Justin Bieber suggested that I go with him to a private place where we could be alone. Yeah, we need to mention Mariah Yeeter's claims went far beyond Justin simply fathering her baby. There were elements of the story that were not treated very seriously back in 2011. In fact, if these were reported today, they would be written as sexual assault allegations because Mariah claimed that Justin refused to wear a condom and insisted upon having unprotected sex. In coming forward with the claims, many pointed out that Mariah could also be in trouble for sexual assault. If her claims were true, it meant that Justin was 16 when intercourse took place and under California law, the legal age of consent in California is 18. Now, Justin Bieber's team vigorously denied the claim or claims, describing them as malicious, defamatory and demonstrably false. They agreed with Mariah Yeeta's lawyers that Justin should do a paternity test. To be clear, this story got really, really big. Justin had to address the claims on the Today Show where he said, I know I'm going to be a target, but I'm never going to be a victim. It's crazy. Every night after the show, I've gone right from the stage right to my car. So it's crazy. Some people want to make up such false allegations. But to set the record straight, none of it is true. Mariah Yeeda changed legal teams that same month. And look, it's not clear why, although the news that she was now under new legal representation did drop within 24 hours of TMZ publishing screenshots of Mariah texting her friends to, and I quote, erase all messages about the baby supposedly being, and I quote again, Robbie's son. Now, there was the suggestion in these text exchange that any friends who complied with Mariah's request would be paid. Yeah, now once Mariah changed legal representation, she said that she would refile the lawsuit again, but nothing ever came from it. In December, her ex-partner, a man named Robert Powell, supposedly the Robbie from the text exchanges, came out to say he believed wholeheartedly that he was the child's father, but because he was in prison, Mariah wanted to find a way to secure spousal support. Pretty crazy that Justin went through this. Wild. Really, yeah, horrific. Now, back to Selena and their relationship. When Justin was asked in 2012 by Radio Disney's celebrity take with Jake what made him a good boyfriend, he was kind of wise. He told them, I'm loving and patient and kind and gentle. You just have to be honest. That's the first thing because if you're not honest, then the relationship is just not a good relationship. Yeah, I mean, let's see if he sticks to his own advice, but... (laughs) 
A little bit more on that later. By July 2012, the couple had been dating for 18 months and Selena was profiled by Teen Vogue. In that piece, the opening paragraph certainly went away to illustrating how big they both were together and apart. It led with, welcome to the world of a teen mogul and half of one of the most famous couples on the planet. Mm. In that piece, Selena told the magazine she was finding it difficult to properly evolve in her career, going from child star to movie star. She said, it's frustrating whenever I want the roles that no one's even thinking about me for. Being a part of the Disney Channel was such a blessing and I'm super happy with what my show accomplished, but acting is something I would like to take on more seriously. I don't necessarily feel accomplished. I want to create a whole different persona when it comes to acting. There was a bit of a funny sense of duality going on in this profile. Perhaps it was a duality going on in Selena's own mind because on one hand, she was saying she wanted to be taken more seriously and be seen as an adult. But then on the other hand, she was also downplaying her life, her personal life, particularly her relationship with Justin as like a young casual fling. This is what she said. It's really fun. I'm lucky. I'm 20. I don't take anything in my personal life too seriously. I have great friends and a solid group of people I love. I feel like everything else will come organically. She also went on and said marriage and all that other stuff I think will happen once I feel accomplished in every other aspect of my life. I think reading this story became quite clear to me that maybe she'd suddenly hit this realisation that she might not ever be taken seriously in her work and her career if people were spending more time talking about her and Justin together than the work that she was putting out in the world. And she'd done this for nearly two years now. We've had quotes in the earlier in the episode where she was like, I want to be open about this relationship. I'm in love. Mm. I want to talk about it. And it feels very much like she's got to this point and gone, hmm, don't know if this is working for me anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't know if talking about my relationship so publicly is distracting from my career achievements, which I actually want to focus on when I do these interviews. I think it probably was. Yeah. In November 2012, news broke that after nearly two years of dating, Justin and Selena had broken up and the quotes were quite interesting. A source told People, she broke up with him about a week ago. With them being apart, so much of it got complicated. She had some trust issues. It's not easy, but the relationship needed to end. Yeah. It wasn't the only statement that read a little interestingly. Speaking to Us Weekly, another insider alluded to trust issues being the cause of the split. The insider said, Selena broke up with Justin about a week ago. It's been a really challenging experience over the last year because of their crazy schedules. Selena definitely had some major trust issues with Justin. So you might be wondering, why would she have trust issues when it comes to Justin? And why is this a story that her, her team are trying to feed out? Yeah, well, so glad you asked. She probably had perfect reasons to not trust (laughs) Justin Bieber because this news came just days after Justin performed at the Victoria's Secret fashion show where he was seen hanging out with several lingerie models. Yeah, and people certainly had questions about him hanging out with the models. For example, after model Barbara Palvin posted a photo of herself and Justin together, she was bombarded by Bieber fans asking about the nature of her relationship with him. She had to tweet a response saying... Last time I'm saying it, please calm down. There is nothing going on with him. I met him and did a pick with him. Did Would, a pick with him. <laughs> wouldn't you do the same? Hashtag friendship. <laughs> that so is good. so like of the early 2010s. Hashtag friendship. Added to this, just before their breakup was announced, Page Six released an article with the headline, Bieber Goes on Angel Hunt. Here's a passage from that piece. 
Justin Bieber tried very hard to hit on the bodacious babes at the Victoria's <laughs> Secret fashion show, flirting and asking the models for their numbers during filming and at the after party, sources tell us. Bieber, who was dating Selena Gomez, performed at the VS show at the Lexington Avenue Armory on Wednesday and attended the after party, where models including Carly Kloss, Alessandra Abrosio and Doubts and Crows celebrated. Bieber also popped up at Avenue later, where the teenage heartthrob was spotted at a table with his entourage and Victoria's secret angel Miranda Kerr. So make of all of that what you will but just know that four days later after these headlines Selena and Justin's breakup was making headlines itself and don't forget about those little sources who quoted trust issues. Yeah if you want more on that we are you guys know we have the scandal series there if you want more about those headlines at that time. There is one there. Listen to this first, then go, go back listen. to that. Yeah. Now, the two-year period after their first breakup was a pretty weird period for Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. The month after they broke up, Justin Bieber wasn't nominated for a Grammy and Scooter Braun was not happy. When the nominations came out, he tweeted, I just plain disagree. <laughs> the kids deserved it. Grammy board, you blew it on this one. You blew it on this one. In January, Bieber was interviewed by Billboard where he admitted his newest song, Nothing Like Us, was written about his ex, Selena. In that interview, he admitted he was also pretty heartbroken over the breakup. He said, I'm not in the happiest place that I've ever been. I'm trying to get through what I'm going through. Like I said, I have my really close friends to cheer me up and keep me going. From there, Justin's life really did begin to spiral. For his 19th birthday in March, many of our listeners might remember, Justin was gifted a baby Capuchin monkey from a music producer friend, which he named OG Morley. Now, Justin picked up the monkey on March 27 before heading back to Europe for his believed tour with OG Morley in Mm, only when Justin and his team arrived at the local airport in Munich the very next day on March 28, they were detained by German customs when officials discovered the baby monkey aboard the jet. Now, <laughs> Sorry, I know you shouldn't laugh at this. This story is absurd. It is absurd. It turns out that Justin didn't have any of the correct paperwork to bring a live animal into the country. Officials decided the monkey would have to be put in quarantine until Justin figured out a solution with them. Bit of, um, oh God, I've already forgotten. Um, <laughs> what? Where is your little brain going? What were Amber Heard and Johnny Depp's dog's name? Oh. Scooter and Pat? No, no, it wasn't anything like that. Boo and, and pistol, pistol and Boo. Pistol and Boo. Pistol, there's a bit of Pistol and Boo about this. Now, Justin didn't seem all that interested in finding a solution for OG Morley. In fact, later that night, he tweeted that he was leaving Munich and on the way to Vienna, writing, Munich was a good time and loud. The bus is heading to Vienna now. You coming? The customs officials must have seen that and be like, wait, what? (laughs) Your monkey is here. Yeah. Now, Justin abandoning OG Morley meant that officials in Munich had to transfer the monkey from a customs holding pen to an animal shelter. There, animal experts observed that at just 14 weeks old, OG Morley was far too young to be taken away from its mother and siblings. They also noted the monkey's negligent treatment had made it disoriented. Yeah, in fact, the people working at the shelter were so aggrieved with Justin's treatment of the monkey. They posted about the story on their website and started doing interviews with media publications to try and generate public interest. And look, Completely unsurprisingly, when you combine the factors of a teenager who is a pop star who is being accused of animal cruelty, you get a pretty clicky headline. The public was extremely interested in this. Television crews even paid the shelter a visit to get footage of OG Morley for their nightly news bulletin. 
Yeah, as the controversy grew, Justin started posting various photos of the monkey on social media, leading fans and news organisations alike to presume that the two had actually been reunited. This was incorrect. He was posting those photos while OG Morley was actually thousands of kilometres away in the shelter. We can only assume that he did this under some false hope that the story would go away. This really does feel like the extremely flawed logic of a teenager who's panicking going, people are giving me shit for this. If I post something now, it's kind of like a very quick rushed solution that will actually make the problem far worse in the long run. Yeah, but how are there not people in his ear? Now, meanwhile, loyal Justin stands didn't seem to blame the pop star at all. They were furious with the German government <laughs> for coming between a boy and his pet. The hashtag free OG Morley Bieber <laughs> trending on Twitter. I can't. I can't imagine though. Me too. Me being so irrational as a teenager, so in love with my favourite celebrity, that instead of holding him accountable for anything, I want to hold the German government accountable. Yeah, the German government is wrong, not Justin Bieber. So Justin is single, he is sad, and there is a monkey in Munich that people are starting to ask a bunch of questions about. And if his team thought that this was bad, the rest of 2013 was about to make that look like child's play because in the next 12 months, Justin Bieber was about to become the most hated, I would say the most hated celebrity in the world. Yeah, we're talking about multiple brushes with the law and police, a viral mop bucket video that would have people talking even years later, and a visit to the Anne Frank Museum that people couldn't quite believe. But all of that... And so much more on next week's episode of Scandal. Just tip of the iceberg, friends. Just tip of the iceberg. (laughs) As we mentioned at the top of this episode, this series has been researched by Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Yours truly. That would be us sitting right here if you want to come and... Find some photos of this time. You know where to find us. We are on Instagram at Shameless Podcast. We will, of course, be back in your ears on Thursday for another wrap in the week that was in pop culture. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.